Welcome to episode 29 of the Scarlet Faithful podcast. This is Aaron Brightman, co-host, co-founder of the Scarlet Faithful, coming to you uh, a little bit late on a Monday, uh, busy weekend, uh, well, bye week and uh, for me, which got me, gave me a chance to catch up on some things. Also had Rutgers basketball media day uh, for men's basketball last Friday. Have uh, a lot of coverage that came out over the weekend, a lot more coming uh, still have a ton of practice footage to go through, um, posted some interviews on YouTube on, uh, my channel, Aaron Brightman. So check that out. Um, but wanted to catch up and give a full breakdown of, uh, the week that was, uh, for Rutgers athletics also have a full recap written, um, on the site, the Scarlet faithful, uh, that you can read to accompany this uh, podcast as well, but always want to do the podcast for people that just have, you know, 15, 20 minutes and want to get caught up. Uh, in an easy way. So uh, let's get started uh, in terms of what happened last week. Cross Country was back after a couple of weeks off. They were at the Penn State National Open. Um, and the women's team did really well uh, in terms of Alex Carlson. Uh, she, if you remember uh, and followed uh, my coverage on the track and field team last spring as a freshman, you know, long distance runner, did really, really well. I think set three program records last spring um, is back at it this fall with cross country and she finished ninth after uh, out of 168 uh, runners which is impressive uh, 20 47 7 time in the 6k race which is 3.7 miles um, it's the third time in a row she's led the team uh, in an event and um, Cassidy Johnson finished 24th uh, Sophia Condren 52nd Michelle Lupu uh, was right there at 59th and Elizabeth Goddish at 94th. So they finished 10th out of 18 teams. Um, you know, not, uh, you know, I'm sure they wanted to do better, but, uh, certainly held their own and Carlson top 10 finish big for the program. Men's side, unfortunately did finish last out of 14 teams. Uh, they do run a 5.2 mile race. Best finisher was Alex Snell at 66th with a time of 26, 52.4 seconds. Uh, they'll be, Back at it in two weeks for the Big Ten Championship, taking place uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where they were earlier this fall intentionally uh, to prepare for the Big Ten. So a uh, huge opportunity for both teams. Women's tennis was back at it. They competed at the Princeton Invitational. Uh, they had, um, uh, let's see, 12 wins here in singles play, six in doubles competition. Uh, not bad at all. Jacqueline Lopez is their uh, number one singles player, and she had several wins. Uh, so this program, you know, is, is doing, uh, you know, holding their own this fall for sure. And they're back at it um, this weekend at the ITA Super Regional. Men's golf was off. Uh, they're actually uh, competing as we uh, record this podcast. Um, they're at an event hosted by Michigan State in Vero Beach, Florida. That must be nice. It's called the Quail Valley Collegiate Invitational. Um, and it's actually their last tournament of the fall. So we'll have a full update next week. Uh, women's golf. I wrote about this uh, on the site. I had a huge win at the Rocket Classic in Port Clinton, Ohio, hosted by Toledo. Um, they won the team title uh, start to finish, led all three rounds, and they had a 1-2-3 finish individually with Rike Nordvik winning the individual title with a 6-over par, 222. Uh, it was their first win of her career. And then you had Leah Devine, who won a tournament earlier uh, this uh, fall. Uh, she finished one stroke behind, and then in third place uh, at 10 over par was Maeve Rossi. Uh, so great uh, win for women's golf, both um, as a team and individually. They've had a very good uh, fall so far, 
and they now have the week off and they'll be at the Battle of the Beach over the last weekend of October, hosted by TCU and Club Campestre San Jose Golf Club in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. So that'll be nice too. Uh, so hopefully they do well to close out their season. Moving on to volleyball, had another tough week, lost both their matches and straight sets on the road. They were at Illinois last uh, Wednesday. It was actually on ESPN2, great opportunity for them on national TV. Uh, and uh, they did battle the Illini, uh, the second set they lost actually. Um, they pushed them to, to um, one extra point past 25, lost 26-24. Did lose in straight sets and then, um, you know, kind of were not competitive against number six, Ohio State, uh, over the weekend uh, on the road. So uh, now they're back at it this week. They have a kind of a longer break. They're, they uh, host Northwestern on Friday, a team that just has one more win than them in Big Ten, Big Ten play. Uh, Rutgers now 1-7 and seven in the Big Ten, 7-13 overall. Um, they, they, you know, lost in straight sets at Northwestern a couple weeks ago. This is an opportunity if they can, you know, play, play near the top of their abilities, they could win that match. Um, so huge opportunity for them. And then they uh, will host Penn State on Sunday uh, at 1 p.m. Field hockey. Uh, wow. What a heartbreaking loss on Sunday. And I laugh because my heart breaks for them. Mary Civico's team has just shown, shown so much heart this season playing ranked team after ranked team, coming off their biggest victory of their season, uh, beating number three Northwestern last week, two to one at home, um, tied for the highest ranked regular season win in program history, um, coming against Northwestern, the defending national champs, and uh, gave them a ton of confidence going into Sunday's game against number two Maryland, who is at the top of the Big Ten standings. They're now 14 and one, seven and zero. And Rutgers gave them everything they could handle. Uh, they scored an early goal. They were trailing 3-1 to one late. Rutgers stormed back and scored twice in the final five minutes to tie up the game, only to surrender the game-winning goal with 41 seconds left to play. Heartbreaker, stomach-punch loss. Um, but, you know, really shows what this team is capable of. They've had a little bit of an up-and-down season, obviously trying to find their identity, replacing a ton of uh, key contributors over a period of years. Um, from last season and beyond, their best season ever last year. Um, earned that number one ranking going into the NCAA tournament. Won the first ever Big Ten tournament in uh, Rutgers athletics history. Uh, so, you know, it was going to be a, um, a process, but um, I think that this team is really establishing their identity. And, you know, it's for them, the key is scoring. Their defense has, you know, even though they've given up some goals, you know, Sophia Howard, you know, uh, the uh, an unenviable task of following Gianna Glatz, arguably the, you know, right up there with the greatest goalkeeper in field hockey, college field hockey history. Sophia Howard made some ridiculous saves on Sunday um, against Maryland. She had nine saves overall. Um, and Marika Jadonay, Andy Vanek, and uh, Garamina Carasano all scored for Rutgers. Rachel Houston had all three assists. They were outshot 20-7 to in the game. Uh, Maryland had an 11-3 edge in penalty corners, and Rutgers just hung right there and gave the Terps everything they could handle. Uh, Mary Civico playing her mentor, uh, and she's a, a Maryland alum, having won a national title there as a player. Um, Rutgers was fired up for her and, uh, you know, gave them everything they, they could. So, uh, obviously, crushing loss. But, um, you know, the great thing about this, uh, they were number 17 in the RPI coming into the week. Um, and now they have a ton of opportunities to still improve. Uh, they will travel to number 11, Syracuse, on Sunday. Uh, field hockey, by the way, ranked 20th going into this week, but RPI, they were 17th 
right on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. They'll head to Syracuse, number 11, on Sunday, October 23rd. Then they'll return home to host number four, Penn State, uh, currently in second place in the Big Ten, just one loss on Friday, October 28th. And then they'll end their regular season at home, senior day, Sunday, October 30th, against number 17, James Madison. So, um, And then you head into the Big Ten tournament, assuming they qualify the top eight teams, which they should. Right now they're in sixth, really could use one more conference win, um, and that James Madison win, and that would really boost their RPI. And, you know, they're, 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 they could go either way at this point, and obviously with their performance in the Big Ten tournament. But they're fighting for an NCAA tournament bid, and they're giving the top teams in the Big Ten, um, you know, uh, tremendous fight. So good for them, and uh, we'll follow them the rest of the season. Men's soccer, uh, now 6-3-5 and five overall, 2-2-2 two, two, and two in Big Ten play. They had a must-win against an inferior Stony Brook team, uh, RPI 125, uh, on Wednesday. Beat them two to nothing. Fairly, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say easy, but they took care of business the way they needed to. They beat uh, goals from MD Myers, the leading scorer in the Big Ten, and Pablo Avila. Uh, it was their second shutout of the season. Uh, freshman goalkeeper uh, Kieran uh, Dalton made four saves in the net. And then they suffered a really tough loss on Sunday at Michigan State, a team you know that's done real well in Big Ten play, but overall had a losing record um, RPI wise. You know, Rutgers was 42nd uh, uh, coming into to the game. Michigan State 69th. Um, Michigan State won relatively easy. Was up 4-2. Was up 3-2 at the half. Scored in the uh, 75th minute. Was leading 4-2 up until the the 90th minute when MD Myers scored another goal. Uh, complimented uh, Hugo uh, Leguenic and Ola Mayland, uh, who scored earlier in the game. Um, but, you know, I mean, listen, you know, this, this team has expectations made the NCAA tournament. We wanted them to finish top half of the Big Ten. And that's, you know, this loss did not help either cause. Um, they are now uh, dropped uh, to, um, you know, the right around fifth and sixth uh, right there uh, in Big Ten play. They do uh, host Michigan at home on Friday, October 21st. Michigan's not having a good year at all. That's a must win for them for sure. Michigan actually has a worse RPI than Stony Brook coming into this game. And then they have two huge matches, uh, Penn State on the road, uh, number 46 in the RPI, and then UCLA at home, number 43 RPI. They've been ranked this year. Um, Penn State, I should add, is the defending Big Ten champ. Uh, and then UCLA, you know, coming on senior day at Yersack Field uh, the following uh, weekend. So, uh, just uh, huge opportunities for them. It's, they still have a you know a chance for sure. You got to make that Big Ten tournament. You got to win at least one game in that tournament. I think to feel good about your NCAA tournament chances. I think they got to go. You know, I think they need two wins in these final three regular season games, and then a Big Ten tournament win to get into the NCAA tournament. Certainly possible. This team has a ton of talent. Um, you know, it's been a little bit of an up and down season, but uh, I mean, listen, this is a good team. Uh, but maybe they haven't caught some breaks. Uh, they've had some health issues. Um, so this is a, a big close here coming up for them, a program looking to make the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. Rutgers women's soccer coming into the week ranked number eighth nationally. They had a disappointing game on Thursday, a 2-2 draw against Minnesota, a team that I believe just had one Big Ten win coming in. Definitely having a little bit of a down year. I think they're, they've moved up to – they're in the top eight right now after a good weekend for them. Um, and Rutgers had a lead twice, you know, and they couldn't hold it. Um, Riley Tiernan had a goal very early on. Allison Lynch had a great header in the second half. Um, but they couldn't hold on. And, um, you know, that kind of draw does hurt them in the big, standing, big 10 standings. 
They did uh, dominate Wisconsin. Uh, was now lost three straight after starting five and zero on Sunday on Senior Day. Uh, goals from Becky Fluchel and Sarah Brocious. Uh, so Rutgers is now in third place in the Big Ten. Their record overall is tremendous, 13-1-2. They're now 5-1-2 in Big Ten play. Megan McClelland got her NCAA leading 43rd shutout on Sunday of her career. She also made history, becoming the NCAA's all-time minutes leader uh, on Thursday. Uh, so she's just making history left and right. She's two shutouts away from tying uh, Casey Murphy's all-time program record who, by the way, is starting for the U.S. women's national team, uh, in case you weren't uh, familiar with her. Uh, so she's a legend, and uh, Megan McClellan establishing her own legacy as well. Uh, so very interesting final week scenario for Rutgers women's soccer. Currently in third, like I said, they're tied with Ohio State, who they did beat 2 to nothing earlier in the year. Michigan State and Northwestern tied for first place into going into uh, yesterday on Sunday. And Michigan State won two to one. So they're now alone in first place. They're five points ahead of Rutgers and Ohio State. They're three ahead of Northwestern. So the schedule is quite interesting. Rutgers will go to Michigan on Thursday night. Michigan having a, a bad year for the Wolverines. Uh, Rutgers has to win that game to give them a chance to go to East Lansing on Sunday, regular season finale, to play Michigan State. Now they need help uh, to catch the Spartans. Uh, and ironically, Ohio State will play both Michigan State on Thursday and Northwestern on Sunday. So scenarios, uh, all kinds of them. You know, the crazy thing is the Big Ten is so good this year and so tight. Rutgers hasn't even clinched uh, first round um, uh, home game, which the top four seeds out of eight uh, get that home game. Rutgers right now tied for third, but no guarantees if they don't close out with wins in their final two games. Uh, so essentially, you know, a lot has to happen for them to defend as regular season champions. At a minimum, they have to win both games against Michigan and Michigan State. And Ohio State needs to beat Michigan State on Thursday. Um, if that happens, um, then uh, it comes down to the Northwestern-Ohio State game. If Ohio State beats Northwestern as well and Rutgers wins both, then they will tie with 23 points for first place and share uh, from all the tiebreakers I can find, um, it seems as if if they tie in points, they will share the conference title. The head-to-head uh, -head win for Rutgers will only apply to the tiebreaker in the Big Ten tournament, which will make them the number one seed. Now, what we want to happen is Rutgers to beat Michigan and Michigan State. We want Ohio State to beat Michigan State on Thursday and then to lose to Northwestern on Sunday. And if that scenario happened, Rutgers would sit atop the Big Ten standings on their own, one point ahead of Northwestern uh, for the title. So lots to, to, to unpack there. Uh, I need more coffee just thinking about it. Um, and I'll have plenty of updates during the week. Uh, and, you know, I should note Northwestern, you know, they could lose to Iowa, although Iowa, uh, you know, heavy underdog in that game. So uh, big week for Rutgers women's soccer. At a, The bottom line is even if they don't repeat as regular season champs, they're well, well, well positioned for the NCAA tournament, a high seed they will get. Um, and, you know, listen, I think if they don't win the regular season title, I think this that could give this team an edge to win their first ever Big Ten tournament title. So lots of soccer to be played for women's soccer. Uh, tremendous season so far. Lots of uh, opportunities ahead. And uh, lastly, football, much needed bye week uh, after the firing of offensive coordinator Sean Gleason, uh, interim offensive coordinator Nunzio Campanile. 
has taken over. Uh, have a bunch of articles from last week in terms of him tailoring the offense uh, around the personnel and establishing identity. How they'll look against Indiana this week remains to be seen, but I think there should be some confidence in his approach. Um, and then also I wrote about how I think he could be, you know, obviously if he has to show progress, but he really could make the most sense as the long-term option at offensive coordinator. And then I also had a list of potential candidates as well. On Monday, uh, just an hour ago, head coach Greg Schiano announced that for the first time in in a long time this season, all th- well, actually the first time because Vedral wasn't available when Wimsat was available. All three quarterbacks are going to be able to play on Saturday against Indiana, the homecoming game at Rutgers. Doesn't mean they will, but all three are available. He was also asked about his um, thoughts on uh, developing uh, talent versus trying to win. And he essentially said he's always going to try to win every time that they develop in practice and the offseason. It's about who puts his team in the best position to win. So read into that what you will. Um, you know, it was said that Gavin Wimsat is fully, well, he didn't say fully healthy, but said a full go, able to, um, you know, fully practice last week. So that's a good sign. Uh, Noah Vedral, uh, his hand is uh, uh, recovering. Um, didn't sound like he was 100% yet. And then you have Evan Simon. My hunch is you're going to see Vedral and Wimsat. We'll have plenty more about this game, uh, you know, throughout the week. I'm going to have a podcast on it as well. And I'll have plenty of articles, but lots to, to, to chew on following Chiano's press conference on Monday uh, and lots of possibilities with the offense. You know, if, I want to see Nunzio have all the uh, options available to him on offense um, and see what he can come up with. So uh, certainly makes it an intriguing uh, matchup on, on Sunday or Saturday against uh, Indiana, a team that's lost four straight, including three Big Ten games. And really, you know, you win this game, you're ahead of Indiana in the Big Ten standings, and you know, you need to do that if you don't want to finish in last place in the Big Ten East, if you don't want to have the, the threat of um, not winning a Big Ten game this year and getting that monkey off your back, that 21-game home losing streak to Big Ten foes. It needs to go away on Sunday. We're over 1,800 uh, days away since the last win against Maryland, November 4th, 2017. Ugh, unbelievable. All right, well, that's enough. Uh, I mentioned Rutgers Men's Basketball uh, Media Day. I have a lot more coverage coming this week as well. Stay tuned. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. You can find all our podcasts uh, wherever you find podcasts. Um, our YouTube channel, Aaron Brightman, have a bunch of uh, men's basketball player interviews. I'll have some practice footage up soon enough. Um, and also my video podcast when I have guests. Um, and of course, all of our coverage at thescarletfaithful.com, Instagram, Scarlet, the Scarlet Faithful, um, and my Twitter account, Aaron underscore Brightman. Thank you for listening once again here at The Scarlet Faithful. <laughs>